We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Before we get started on today's episode with Jeff Parles, a host over at VSIN at Circa, he co-hosts Betting the Book Megapod, Jersey Raised, Mizzou Made, and also him and I, he invites me on his show pretty much every Friday. So Jeff, when you hear this, big ups to you, man, and I'm super grateful for our friendship and the, the business relationship that we have in the content space. I love picking your brain. I love the conversation that we had that you guys are about to hear now. But before we do, big ups to the members of the Patreon. We got Tristan, Abel, Ben, Jerry, Christopher, Derek, Jordan, Mike, Nick, and Thomas. Thank you all for your contributions to the Patreon. If you guys want to support the show, if you guys want to enter some contests, you guys want to get some merch on discount, you guys want shout outs, whatever it might be, head on over to patreon.com slash veteransminimum. And you'll see everything that we have available for you to join, what your $5 tier gets you, what your $10 tier gets you, what your $20 tier gets you. And from now until week one, the $20 and $40 tier, all you got to do is pledge at least once in that tier and you're going to make the list and then you'll be eligible for the NFL season long contest that we're doing that we do every year. And this year we're going to give away $1,000. So head on over there. It's patreon.com slash veterans minimum. Now, this episode with Jeff is uh, its one of my favorite episodes of the year. It's the NFL Futures. Who's going to win MVP, Offensive Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive Defensive Rookie of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year, which is an immortal lock. Like, I mean, and I talk about it on the show. There's, It's the most sure thing in all of sports betting right now that this dude is going to win Comeback Player of the Year. We explain what value means because a lot of people in the sports betting space, they like to throw that word value around and they have no idea what they're talking about. They just think that value has to be a plus number. Uh, this is a minus number and it should be minus 8,000, but it's not. And it's the best bet on the board. It's a, it's a sure fire lock. And I hate using that L word. So we give away our awards who we think are going to win it. Now, remember, this is from a betting standpoint this is very important where and there's some where the official pick and the betting pick are the same. But for the most part, you're betting numbers, not so much the players. Like There are some people that shouldn't be 15 to 1 to an MVP. They should be 8. So that's an example of value as well. So I love this episode. Shout out to Jeff for coming on. Sit back, relax, get the apps ready. Let's put some bets in. NFL Futures Awards Edition. 
Now this the black sheep sticking it to him. I need a crib like I'm Gatsby. I need it in hand, just understand my pockets that deep. With nothing to prove, I ain't got nothing to do. And I can't compete, and I got nothing to lose. Joining me now for the first time ever on Veterans Minimum, though it's not the first time that us two connected on a show or podcast, it is Jeff Parles, a host over at VSIN, co-host of Betting the Book Megapod, and what I think is probably one of your best accolades, a native East Coaster, baby. See, you, you got it right, native tri-stater. Tri Let's go. Born on Long Island, grew up in, in, in Bergen County, New Jersey, so yeah, that's... That's the best asset. I think you and I are in 100% agreement there. Yeah, yeah. I always say, man, something about the East Coasters on this <laughs> side, especially the tri-state area, we just naturally gravitate to one another. And when I first did the show over at Vison, and I appreciate you, man, having me on there of often. Course. I come in on Friday nights and I record with you. Love the conversations, love some of the talking points that we have. But uh, it's always like, oh, I know I'm going to get along with him because not only is he a D-Gen, he's also, he's one of mine. He's from the tri-state, you know? No, look, I mean, it, it's still... We're still the best in the world. Yeah. Yeah, at heart, even though again, like I've lived out here now for five years. I lived in Missouri for seven years. It's still still East Coast Tri-State through and through. It gotta be. It gotta be. It's just a different hustle, a different kind of vibe when you come from the East Coast. But dude, you love sports betting, obviously working over at Vsin. You're a big NFL fan. During the summer times, Jeff, as you know, kind of start gearing up around this time of year. We start talking some futures, some awards. And this is going to be an episode that at the time of recording, it's July 24th. It'll probably go out in a couple of weeks. So keep mm -hmm. that in mind as we run through these. But it's the NFL futures. You guys love futures. I love futures as well. Everyone knows that. But in particular, we're doing awards. And Jeff, I want to ask you a question when it comes to this. Are you a futures guy, number one? And number two, what, is, what are your thoughts on futures? Like, what's your approach when you're looking at a future? So let's take the first question first. Okay. Preseason-wise, it all depends on the market. Sure. Some markets I'll hop in, like MVP, it's hard for me to bet at preseason because let's take Patrick Mahomes, for example. He is probably at some point during the year going to end up with a better number than he is right now. It's about 6 to 1 plus 650, depending on the book. He'll probably be about 8, eight to 1, 9 to 1. Let's say if Kansas City gets off to a 2 and 3 start, maybe you get a double digits on him. Right. So it's hard for me, at least in the MVP market, to hop in preseason. Now, there'll be one that we talk about that I don't think we're getting better than what it is right now. So that would be the one opportunity I would hop in on. But, you know, Nick, I'm basically looking at guys down the board mm -hmm. who are going to shorten. And we'll mention this through, through the pod here where there are a bunch of guys who are 25 to 1 right now who, if they get off to a big start— Heck, even one big game. Yeah. It's going to be totally different animal for them. And that's what I'm looking for. Coach of the years for the awards, I think that's the best one to attack. Right. Because you're more likely to find a number down the board preseason that is going to be gone pretty quickly, especially, I'll just mention them right out of the game. Let's say Carolina starts four, four, and, uh, four and one. Yeah. You got Frank Reich as a head coach. You got Bryce Young as the offensive rookie of the year. Those numbers are not going to exist in October. So those are the guys. If you think there's a team that's going to get off to a really good start, you got to hop on them early. But if you think a team's going to get off to a slow start, then that's when you're patient. So it's a little bit, a little bit of give and take, a little bit not scientific, but that's the way I look at futures, especially awards. 
Yeah, I'm, I couldn't agree with you more. Like last year, I felt as if my MVP pick last year was Patrick Mahomes and he ends up winning it. And my thought process was he was 10 to one last year coming into it. And it was the FU season. Everyone it sure for, was. <laughs> everyone forgot about how good he was because the conversation was around Burrow and, and Allen and Herbert, especially in division. And then he loses Tyree Kill, right? Like a lot of these awards are also narrative driven. What's the storyline going into the year? Right, he lost his number one receiver. Keenan Allen was kind of throwing some sub uh, sub tweets at him, like, "Oh, we're gonna really see some people get exposed this year." And that was one where I looked at the schedule and I was like, "Man, they they might start out the year undefeated if they could get through Buffalo." And I think they were like eight and one at one point, if I remember correctly. But yeah, you're right. Like you're looking at the markets. You're trying to. It's also subjective too, right? Like I know you're a Jets fan. I've been on record saying. I don't think they should be 15 to one to win the Super Bowl. They should be closer to 25, 30 to one, but it's the built-in hype of Aaron Rodgers. It's the New York market. And also you look at those first six games, they could easily be two and four. Why not bet them then? Well, yes. I mean, look, that's why you look at schedules. That's right. why you have to you look at every single angle here. Now we'll mention, I'll mention Aaron Rodgers a little bit later, but you're right. There's a legitimate world where the New York Jets get off to a two and four start. They play Buffalo. They play Dallas. The Patriots, who they can't beat, even though they're way better than New England this yeah. year. The Chiefs, the Eagles, and the Broncos in the first six weeks. So it's just, it's just a really hard schedule. You could end up in this scenario, like you said, two and four. All of a sudden, they're twenty-seven to one right. going into the bye week. Right after the bye week, they play your Giants. Uh, in the in the MetLife Bowl, but uh, yeah, no, there are a lot of really good angles, and that's why, like, again, I don't want to bet a favorite in the MVP market more times than not preseason, because if Mahomes gets off to a slow start, you can get a much better number than on him than you would right now as we're recording this. Yeah, yeah, I want to let's start with the MVP. I wanted to save it for the end, but we've been talking a little bit about the MVP. I usually like. I need a 20 to one ish is where I like going, but not this year, dude. I think this year it's, it's one of the, it's one of the top six guys. And for me, I think the two picks that I would make, it's either going to be Joe Burrow or it's going to be Justin Herbert. Joe Burrow. I think, I know you're high on the Bengals and I'll let you touch on that in a little bit, but I really think this is the year for Joe Burrow and the Bengals. And also from just a outlook standpoint, I know he said something really clever where he said the window's going to stay open as long as I'm here. Yeah, but also you're going to be making north of 50 million and then you have two wide receivers that at bare minimum, one is going to make north of 20, especially if he goes to another team in T. Higgins. And Jamar Chase is going to set the market and then Justin Jefferson will set that market. So whoever gets paid first is going to set the market and the other guy's going to break it because them two are unbelievable. So I think the window is now... The, the, the most open it'll be for the Bengals and for Joe Burrow. And then the other guy that I'm looking at is Justin Herbert. I love Kellen Moore going over there. I think the team is better now this year than it was last year. And also, if we're just balancing out the numbers, he's 14 to one at this one sports book I'm looking at now. Last year, he was eight, dude. What changed? How come we don't like Justin Herbert anymore? I don't think it's that. I think that there's other guys that have come up the ranks. One of the guys that I'll get to in a second who Fair. I'm stunned as double figures will is the one that I like the most. But you know, it's, it's the stench of the Chargers. That's yeah. what it is. Where Brandon Staley has turned into this buffoon. 
because he doesn't know how to manage the game. They blew a 27-point lead in the playoff game. Only the 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 Oilers back in the day blew a bigger lead against the Bills in the early 90s. It, it just is the Chargers' stench is there. And when he's, you're in the same division as Mahomes, that's the problem that I see with Herbert. Now, if like if I'm betting like a passing yards market, you and I talked about this last Friday, I think Herbert's an awesome bet in that. Right. Where the Chargers are going to be a good team, but they're going to be behind in games because the defense is lackluster. Yeah. So Herbert's going to throw a lot, and you got a pass-first coordinator down there, there and more now. Joe Lombardi was a disaster. He yeah. was terrible. The, he, the Herbert's got the best arm in the NFL just about, and you had the second shortest target depth in the NFL. Only your guy, D. Jones, had a shorter depth of target a year ago. He is so much better than what they showed last year. So, yeah, look, what happens if the Chargers go 12-5? and five? Maybe he does win the MVP. Yeah. But the guy that I like that's double figures, though, Nick, is Jalen Hurts. Now, okay, Philadelphia's schedule is more difficult. Right. But Jalen Hurts, here's the counter to that. If the Eagles go 13 and four, okay, which even with the schedule, I think that's where they go. Doesn't Jalen Hurts have to be better than he was a year ago because the schedule is more difficult? He has to be better. I don't care that Steichen went to Indianapolis. We really think that the coaching staff that is still there, Johnson, now the offensive coordinator, and of course, Sirianni, the head man. Right. You really don't think those guys really built what Jalen Hurts did? Like it was probably, it was a tandem. It was a three, it, it was a trio. But it doesn't matter that Steichen's gone. I don't buy that argument. I think it's a, it's garbage, that whole argument. But you're getting Hurts at 11-1. He plays in a conference that sucks. Oh, yeah. I don't care that the, the schedule's more difficult. He's the best quarterback in the NFC now. Yeah. And you're getting him at 11 to 1? Man, that's a really, really good number where, look, in the end, I think Joe Burrow probably wins the thing. I have the Bengals as the second best team in the NFL in the regular season, winning it all. I, again, it's funny. We have our NFL betting guide out of Visa now. 15 of 20 experts took the Bengals to win it all, which is just an astronomical number with a league that Patrick Mahomes is playing in. But that's why I think a lot of us think that Burrow's going to have a huge year with MVP. That's why if you were asking for a shorter shot, yeah, Burrow's the guy to look at. But for the best value on the Burrow board, it's Hurts because he's on the best team in the NFC. They're probably getting the one seed again. And he's got to be every bit as good, probably better if they're going to get the one seed yet again. I like it, man. I like it. You know, the, the Eagles are such a polarizing team for me heading into this year, Jeff, because I they check all the boxes, and I've said this before, of a team that should regress. But the more I think about it, dude, also, you bring up a fascinating point about the offensive coordinator leaving. I think that only would matter more if the head coach wasn't an offensive guy. Like if the head coach was a defensive guy, I'd say, you know what, man, maybe that offensive coordinator mattered a lot more than if it was the other way around. Well, yes. I mean, that's the look when you have a defense first head coach. Yes, of course. Right. Uh, because you're not going to have the same. You, your offense might even change. Right. So, yeah, no, a hundred percent. But again, Sirianni, Sirianni should get a lot of the credit for what's happened in Philadelphia. I mean, Howie Roseman has built out a perfect roster, but the thing I liked about Sirianni, remember I, two years ago, if you asked me this, if you told me, Hey Jeff, in 2023, you're going to say Jalen hurts is the best MVP value on the board going into the season. I would have laughed at you because yeah. I thought Jalen hurts is a backup quarterback. I didn't think he'd be, I didn't even think he's a good starter for getting the lead starter. I didn't even think he was good. And what Sirianni has done is he's built the perfect offense for his quarterback. And now they have two lead wide receivers in Brown and, and Smith. They had Smith as a rookie is the first full season with, with Hertz. You have a great old line. 
You have a great run attack. I don't care that, that Sanders is gone. They're better without him. And 11 to one is just too good of a number for Phil, for, for Hertz. And again, Philadelphia, you and I have talked about this. Philadelphia, San Francisco, Dallas, and who? Yeah. The rest of the conference is just brutal. That's another reason why picking them to regress is so difficult this 100%. year. hundred percent. Because if, and we've said this on your show before too, like if they were in the AFC or if an AFC team was here, you feel a lot different, but the conference is really bad and their schedule. You know what, man? Sometimes it's a little misleading, right? Like Jeff, we get so caught up in the schedule that a team got to play, but also when it's a team like Philly, like it's difficult for the other team playing them too. Cause Philly's really good. Well, I mean, look, that's the, that's somewhat of a misnomer when we right. look at this, like, Kansas City, remember last year, Kansas City and Cincinnati, some of the stuff was, oh boy, the Bengals get all, better get all their wins early in the season because that second half is brutal. Bengals didn't lose the last two months of the regular season. Yeah. The Chiefs, same deal. Oh, their schedule's brutal. I, who cares? I have Mahomes. I have Burrow. It doesn't matter. And look, at this point in this conference, I have Hurts is pretty darn similar to saying that. Now, yeah. he's not on the level of those guys, but in this conference, when you have a lack of good quarterback play, it's pretty darn close to saying the same thing. I have some NFL MVP betting trends. Go ahead. Quarterback has won each of the last 10 NFL awards. The last one to do so, that wasn't a quarterback, Adrian Peterson in 2012. Since 2001, only three non-quarterbacks have won the award, all of which were running backs. Since 2001, Jeff, only one player has won the NFL MVP without their team winning at least 11 games, and it was AP when the Vikings won 10 games. There are some things that it's kind of like process of elimination. If you don't think a team is going to win double-digit games, probably not going to take that guy to win MVP. And mostly, you know, you're kind of punting your money if it's anyone but a quarterback. Would you believe in me if I told you that a place kicker has won MVP before? No, that I didn't know. That was the strike season. That was uh, Mosley who did yeah. that uh, for Washington back in the 80s. Shout out kickers, man. As a former D3 college kicker, I got to <laughs> show them some love as an MVP. So let's let's talk about that, what you just said there. With non-quarterbacks, it's ba you're basically eliminated at this point. Yeah. There's only one guy, you and I have talked about this, there's only one guy that's not a quarterback that can win this award. It's McCaffrey. Yes. He's the only guy. No other non-quarterback can win the award because the way San Francisco's constructed, it's either Sam Darnold, Trey Lance, maybe Brock Purdy at some point during the season. Okay. That doesn't move the needle at all. None of those guys do. And McCaffrey's the one guy as the, as a non-quarterback Nick, he, he could have 2,200 total yards between receiving and, and rushing. And all of a sudden, San Francisco's 12 and 5, 13 and 4. McCaffrey could win the award. Now, I don't think he will. I think he would just have to, he'd have to be closer to 2,500, 2,600 yards, which is astronomical, historic season in order to get there. But he's the only one. Mm. No other running back. And especially, I mean, look, running backs are meeting now of like, hey, how are we even going to get paid? They're not winning. No other running back, no receiver is winning the MVP award because if a receiver has a huge year, they'll just win offensive player of the year and the quarterback will win MVP. That's what I think is uh, the, the case nowadays because I made, dude, I had bet Cooper Cup halfway through the season at 80 to one to win MVP when he won the triple ground. Two and years ago, yeah. Two years ago. And dude, did the money influence it a little bit, Jeff? Yeah. But also, if you look at it from start from week one to week 18, he was the best player in the league. It ended up going to Aaron Rodgers, 
because of the quarterback. But like Rodgers had like three stinkers where Cooper Cup's worst game was seven for 70 in a game in which they got blown out. And also Matthew Stafford didn't have that great of a season. He hit four weeks in a row where he threw a pick six, if you remember that, like between mm -hmm. like Thanksgiving-ish to December. So that's what it would take. But McCaffrey is probably the furthest down the list I would go at 150 to one to win MVP, which is it going to happen? Probably not. But it leads me to offensive player of the year where I have one guy that I'm honed in on and I've actually already bet him. But the more I'm looking at it, dude, Christian McCaffrey at 20 to one for offensive player of the year. If we like him as a potential MVP candidate, Jeff, why not 20 to one on him to be offensive player of the year? I mean, look, that's a natural progression, isn't it? To get the guy who we think, hey, maybe he is an, an MVP candidate to take him as offensive player of the year. Now, the way this has gone, it's more now wide receivers, unless if it's Derrick Henry, basically, in the last right. few years. But you also are in a scenario now where quarterbacks still could win this award, like the second quarterback, or they could give it to the MVP if he's so much better than everyone else. This is the, of all the markets out there, this is my least favorite to bet, Nick, because there's so many things that go into it. You don't even know the criteria that well, where, like, let's say Burrow wins the MVP. Chase, realistically, should be the offensive player of the year then. Correct. If we're not giving it to the to the MVP. But I don't know what these voters are going to do. They could say, oh, wow, Derrick Henry had 1,700 rushing yards this year. We're going to give it to him. They're just... There's no real there's, metric. It's too nebulous. Yeah. It's too nebulous in order to bet that market. If you're going to bet it, McCaffrey's probably the long, like 25 to 1. It's not a bad dart. But I don't have anything in this market, personally. No, that's a fair assessment, dude, because you're right. It is something where... You know, you don't really have much of a metric like you do with MVP, like I listed before. You know, you got to win double-digit games. You need to be a quarterback for the most part. History is on your side if you are checking those two boxes. Where offensive player of the year, maybe you have 2,000 rushing yards and your team goes 6-12 and 12 or 6-11. and 11. It's We don't really know. But if you look at the last couple of winners, you bring up a fascinating point that Cam Newton won MVP and... Mm -hmm. Offensive player of the year in 2015. Matt Ryan did the same in 2016. Patrick Mahomes did the same thing in 2018. It's and random. Then, it's random. It's whatever the voting base wants three, to do. Three of the last four have been wide receivers. Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, back-to-back. -back. Sandwiching in between a Michael Thomas in 2019 was Derrick Henry in 2020. So you're right. To me, though, you mentioned the guy that I've already bet on, and it's Jamar Chase. I think Jamar Chase, the year three explosion for the wide receiver always happens whenever this guy's supposed to be that guy. And I think he is. Uh, I'm loving what I'm hearing from him. You know, like the Madden ratings came out recently. He's like, dude, I'm not the sixth best wide receiver in football. I like that. Him and Burrow, outside of Kelsey and Mahomes, are the best duo in the NFL. Going back to their time in college, we know about that. And I think he's going to position himself to have a monster year. And so is Joe Burrow, too. So that's why, like, there is a lot of, it makes sense to be, like you said, what, 15 of the 21 experts are on the Bengals? Yep. It makes sense, right? If you're praising a guy to be MVP, you're praising a guy to be Offensive Player of the Year, you're probably going to look at the team to be really good also. Oh, no, of course. And, well, that's part of the reason we'll get the coach of the year later. That's why I would never bet Zach Taylor. Right. I don't think Zach Taylor, the only thing Zach Taylor can get is discredited. Yes. If the Bengals aren't good. Right. He's not going to get credit if the Bengals go 12 and 5 or 13 and 4, like we all expect them to. Again, like coach of the year, Nick, there are easy eliminations right out of the gate. These awards, there's not so many right. easy eliminations right out of the gate. Is 
for me, it's last year I was on Justin Jefferson at 16 to one. Cause I like got it, it done when, when O'Connell went over there, he said that he wanted to use him the same way he used Cooper cup. And he was the offensive coordinator when he got the triple crown. So we were on Jefferson last year at 16 to one for me, it's Jamar chase and Christian McCaffrey. I know I'm not really going on the record with a hot take. I'm taking the favorite and the third favorite, but also like you're saying, dude, 11 to one on chase, 15 to one on McCaffrey, a 25 to one, depending on the book. That's where I'm kind of leaning towards. And look, if it happens that a quarterback wins offensive player of the year also and the MVP, so be it. Am I going to be a little sour? Yeah, for sure. But I also think that the NFL has done a good job of not having that be the case anymore because it was around when Mahomes won both of them that people were like, dude, if the offensive player can't win MVP unless he's a quarterback, let's at least make the offensive player of the year be a skill position player. And you've seen that in, in the last four winners have been that three wide receivers and a running back. Yeah. And look again, it all depends on the voting base. The voting right. base could do some weird stuff and makes it really difficult in order to realistically bet this market. Again, if you want someone down the board, if you think the Jets are going to be good, 30 to one on Garrett Wilson's probably pretty good. I mean, the dude won rookie of the year last year, offensive rookie of the year was over a thousand yards with Zach Wilson, Joe Flacco, Mike White, Straveler throwing him the ball. Yeah. Now he has Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball. He could have a monstrous, monstrous season. So 30 to one on him. If you think the Jets are going to be good, that's probably worth the dart. Now, I wouldn't bet it big. I'd bet it small. But that's worth the dart if I were looking at that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ah, well, everyone's on fire in camp, and if you're not, you're in big trouble. Yeah, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Uh, I don't want to go to Defensive Player of the Year yet okay. because you've been talking about Coach of the Year. Yeah. Last year, my pick for Coach of the Year was O'Connell, and my boy Brian Dable scooped it up, scooped it up, which I'm not too upset about. However, this one, I think you kind of have an idea of what it takes for a guy to be Coach of the Year. It does favor a new guy. A guy going to a team for the first time, even if he's a former coach, but you've seen that be a run. Kevin Stefanski won it, obviously, last year with uh, with um, Brian Dable going over there. So there's two things that I look at, Jeff, and I would love to hear your thoughts. I want a coach that's going to a new place, and I also want that team to have not made the playoffs the year before. Because then if I'm handicapping it in my head, you know what? Like, yeah, I thought the Giants and the Vikings were going to be playoff teams or at least 
wildcard teams last year. So that's why those two were like my primary picks, even though, and Doug Peterson was another one. Doug Peterson was another guy that I really liked. New, new guy there. Jaguars with a number one pick, you know, I ended up hitting on the Jaguars winning the division at nine to one, which was dope. But that's kind of what I'm looking at. So it eliminates about two thirds of the league for me when I'm looking at coach of the year. All right. So Dan Campbell's the favorite. Yeah. The Lions hype train is out of control to me. Finally. Totally totally out of control. Now, I'm not saying the Lions are going to miss the playoffs. I'm not even saying the Lions aren't going to win the NFC North. But I think their ceiling's 10. A coach of the year is not, unless if it is the situation you're saying, Nick, and I know the Lions missed the playoffs last year, but they were 9-8. and They only improved by one game. He's not winning the award. Right. And if they are even and win the NFC North, he's not winning the award either. So... He's out. Sean Payton's the perfect example of this because he's a Hall of Fame coach. He's going to a team that was a disaster last year under every, other than defense. They were just a train wreck. Hackett didn't even know how to play clock work, basically. But there are so many good options that I, yeah, if you want to take a piece of Sean Payton to nine to one, I have no problem with that. But below him, there are so many good options where my favorite bet in this market it's not quite what you what you have, Nick. But it's a guy, yes, they won a division last year. But they barely won a division. They won a playoff game. But Jacksonville taking a leap from nine wins to 13 wins is in play here. Yeah. Easy schedule. Young quarterback in year three. They get Calvin Ridley back. I know you're big on him this Love year. Calvin. And they have a schedule that's really manageable. Yeah. All the good teams are at home that yeah. they play. Kansas City, San Francisco, Baltimore. And Cincinnati, all in Duval County. Yeah, they have to play Buffalo, but they play that game in London. Mm. So that's another one where that was a road game. You get in London, great, perfect. We're familiar playing in London. And it's also the second of a back-to-back in London for them. So you could not draw that game any better for them. But if they go 13-4, and 14-3, get the number one seed, 22-1 to one on Doug is really, really good. It's surprisingly, I'm surprised... There are a lot of guys in that 22 to 1 to 30 to 1 range that I'm surprised are that long. Peterson's one of them. The other one I'm surprised at is Frank Reich, mm. where they have the number one pick. They play in a horrible division. NFC South sucks. And Carolina, I mean, they, were, they weren't even that good last year. They almost won the division. And their defense is good. You have the number one pick in Bryce Young. Go 10 and 7. That's a circumstance where 10 and 7 probably gets it done. Yeah. 25 to 1 on Frank Reich, where Jim Irsay and company in Indianapolis were like, oh, it's your fault. Whereas clearly not his fault. The roster is awful. And then hiring a guy who should never have been an interim coach as the interim coach and Saturday blew that thing up. Well, you bring up a good point in regards to what I was saying before, how it's also narrative driven, right? Oh, like, you well, yeah. All, Frank the, Wright, all these are narrative right, right, driven. But Frank Wright. He he takes a team that had the number one pick. Granted, they traded up. They got the number one pick, new regime, new quarterback, rookie quarterback. And yeah, if you can make the playoffs, like how Brian Dable did last year, he didn't he didn't win double digit games, but he made the playoffs on a team that surpassed their win total. They didn't make the playoffs the year before. Got Daniel Jones paid. Like there's so many things. I Peterson was my long shot, so I'm glad that you mentioned that. Mine is also Sean Payton. I think Sean Payton. Because think about Russ is cooked. Russ ain't cooking anyone now, but if he can revitalize his career, turn it around, 
Denver being in the AFC, also to your point with Peterson being in the AFC, it's way tougher. So if you do win 11 plus games there, I think that's going to, that's going to mean a lot more. So let's think about this with Denver real quick. Ceiling wise for them, I think 11 is if everything goes right. Yeah. Tough schedule, brutal division. Best defense in the NFL. There's an argument to be made for it. I think they're top five. I don't know yeah, if they're yeah. the best. I say they're the best because of how shitty the offense was last year. They and were they bad. were still they were still keeping teams to the, the the teens as far as scoring. And they were getting no help, dude. Here, they were on the field here, so much. Here's the one concern, and this is the concern that a bunch of people have with the Jets that I think is complete BS. But for Denver, I think it is a little bit because the roster I don't think is quite as good as it was a year ago defensively. Right. When you trade Bradley Chubb midstream, it hurts you. Yeah. And they have a great corner. They have a great insert in. They have a great secondary overall. But I'm just curious after having to do what they did last year to just stay in games, I wonder if there's just a little bit of a mental edge drop where if the offense is a little better, oh, okay, we don't have to go out there and basically shut our opponents out in order to yeah, have an yeah. opportunity to win the game. But they are still a top, to me, top seven at worst. Right. At worst, that's still a top quarter defense in the NFL. That's a really damn good defense anyway you slice it. My concern is the division. Like, the Chargers yeah. are better than them. And the conference, I mean, to me, three teams in the AFC East are better than them still. Buffalo, the Jets, and Miami. Two in the AFC North for sure in Cincinnati and Baltimore. And I'm high on Pittsburgh. Same. And Cleveland is one of those teams where I have Cleveland at eight, nine, nine, and eight. But if you told me Cleveland won 13 and four, Watson was his old self. The defense was good because they had a real coordinator there now. I'd be like, you know what? I don't see it, but you know what? There is a universe where that, that could happen. It makes sense. So yeah. it's just such a difficult conference. Again, this, this is the theme going into this year. Where a lot of these teams that are fringe AFC playoff teams, you plop them in the NFC, they'd be in the playoffs easily. And it's probably the case with 11 of the 16 in the AFC this year. You, It's hard to argue against it. It's really hard to argue against it. And I think, I think I would, I like Peterson a lot, man. I'm glad that we agreed on that one. As, uh, as the path the, is there, Nick. The That's all there, that matters. Yeah. You need a path to yeah. be there. And for Peterson, the path is pretty obvious. Now, the only thing that I'm a little concerned about is what happens if everyone's memory gets screwy from last year, where Jacksonville was, they had to get hot at the end of the year to make the playoffs. They weren't really a playoff team and even didn't even look like it until like week 15 last year. So let's get our memory straight here, guys. They go 13 and four. That is a quantum leap from nine and eight a year ago. Humongously. Yeah. yeah. And especially if they get the bye week or at least go into week 18 with a chance to have a bye week. Then yeah. You'd probably be a one or two seed there, uh, you know, two or three seeds. So, yeah, I like that one. Let's go to defensive player of the year. Um, I don't like using the L word lock, though I will use oh one for an award coming up after this. I think he should have won it last year. Micah Parsons as the favorite. I think that's where I'm going to. Um, if you look at the last three winners of Defensive Player of the Year, it's been Edge, Edge, and Aaron Donald. Um, and then Stephon Gilmore in the middle there in 2019. And then again, you're going defensive tackle, Donald, Donald, Mac, Watt, Watt. So it's sacks is big for this. And in this, you've had double-digit guys. Well, not double-digit guys, but players get double-digit interceptions 
And that still doesn't mean anything. So to me, I think you look at the top of this list, if you're looking at defensive player of the year, and the odds that you're looking at is Micah Parsons plus 650. I love that one. That's my actual pick. I know it's the favorite. But dude, all, all four of the top guys, Garrett, Watt, and Nick Bosa, again, are all live. Oh, I mean, of course. Yeah. I think Garrett's the least live of the four, actually. Okay. But I TJ Watt's my pick. Okay. TJ Watt's it. my pick. Because when TJ Watt plays, the Pittsburgh Steelers have a top five defense in the NFL. You're, when, when he doesn't play, they're they're right in the middle at best. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're being favorable. I think they're more in the twenties. Yeah, no, yeah. I look, yeah, if yeah. you told me the twentieth best defense without TJ Watt, I'd listen. Okay, hold on. You yeah. you are uh, I love that you bring up TJ Watt because you're a betting guy, obviously, and you also host a betting show. Uh-huh. I think he's the only player in the NFL on the defensive side of the ball that would swing a point spread one to one and a half points if they ruled him out. Well, we saw the last year because he was out for an extended period of time, it didn't really mess with the numbers because the Steelers were not that good to begin with last year going Correct. into the year. Yeah. If we're me, I think he's worth a half point. I know that's unfair because I just what I just said, but that's just how betting markets work. Right, right, right. If we were talking about like actuality, yeah, he probably is worth a point and a half because the Steelers go from top five to, to me, I think 18th. In defense. I was going to say 20, so we're yeah. close. We're so, close. yeah, no, look, he, when he plays, he's dominant. Right. There's no arguing that. Plus 850, you're betting on him staying healthy. Right. And if Parsons beats you, so be it. He probably should have won it a year ago. So, it's okay. If, if you lose to another favorite, there's nothing wrong with that. I will say this. If we're going away from the favorites, Aiden Hutchinson's the look. Okay. At 25 to 1. Fits the box of an edge rusher. Edge rusher. Team that people like. Now, again, I'm not high on the Detroit hype train, but I can see them winning the NFC North. And in order for that defense to take the leap, Hutchinson's got to take the leap, too. We saw it at the back end of last year, but he needs to come further than he did by the end of last year. And there's a real avenue where he becomes one of the top five edge rushers in the league this year. And 25 to 1 on a guy who I think has a shot to be a top five edge rusher on a team that's already public to begin with and a team that I think the media, the voting base wants to be good in Detroit. 25 to 1 is really good on him. So that's the one down the board that I'm looking at, Nick. Hmm. I love it. I love it. Again, we're talking about narratives and what's the conversation going to be throughout the year? If the Lions are good, he's the best offensive player on their team. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I do want to address something that I said. The idea that defensive player of the year is generally the league leader in sacks, that's not the case, but sacks do play a big role in it. Four of the last 10 winners have been the sack king, and it's Bosa, it's been T.J. Watt, Aaron Donald, and J.J. Watt. So, like, the sacks do help, but they also can't be empty sacks, which could go against a guy like Miles Garrett. Maybe... Maybe it doesn't end that good in Cleveland. And this Watson thing is just a nightmare. And he gets 18 sacks. He's a sack leader, but it's also, you know, they're 6 and 11. So I think that's something to consider. Yeah. Again, Garrett's the guy I'm a little surprised is as high, as short as he is. I'm surprised he's that short. Health concerns too with him. Yeah. I mean, look, all these guys have injury concerns at the top, except for Parsons. So it, it is. It is difficult for me to make a bet on on Garrett, especially when Watt is sitting right behind him at a better number. 
I don't want to, I don't want to hold it off anymore. This, this is the absolute lock of the NFL season. Comeback player of the year. Good, yeah. sir. Yeah. Comeback player of the year. There are some places where it's minus 280, as high as minus 600. But the moment DeMar Hamlin steps on the field, Jeff, it's his award. It's kind of like Alex Smith a few years ago. Yes. Where obviously Alex Smith had that horrible leg break. Yep. Comes back, throws a pass. He actually played well when he had to play for Washington that year. Yeah. Uh, that was the pandemic year. That was 2020. It's the same deal. Especially we saw everything that happened that night in Cincinnati. He's served, the training staff saved his life. Yep. They had and, the cool embrace at the ESPYs, which was awesome. And you know, it's Nick, you and I were kind of talking about this a little bit off the air before our, you were on my VEASAN show. This is as loaded of a comeback player of the year grouping you're ever going to see. Yeah. And it's over as long as Hamlin plays. Yeah. Because Tua, in a normal circumstance, a dude who suffered two concussions officially, three, face it, he had three last year, sitting out there 20 to one on a team that I think is going to be really damn good. Yep. And I can't even consider betting him in this one. And that's how, that's how Hamlin has this thing on lock if he gets on the field. And I want to stay with Tua and I want to stay with the quarterback position because quarterback has won the NFL comeback player of the year each of the last five seasons. Eight of the last nine comeback players of the year missed at least five games due to injury the year before. That's why it's called the comeback player. But it's a lock, dude. It's, yeah, if Hamlin so plays, hard. it's over. Yeah, it's so, and he's he's participating in OTAs, so he's expected to play. And the moment he steps on the field, the award is his. And I would argue, based on all this information, that minus three ten is the best value in the NFL season this year. You know what the funny thing is? DraftKings dished this at plus money going when when they opened the market back in <sighs> in, in March. Dude, I would have emptied the what? Patreon. I would have took a loan out on the company <laughs> to bet that. That is the most sure thing I think we've ever seen in sports betting. Yeah, and again, like I said, like Russell Wilson, I know he wasn't hurt last year, but he sucked. Right. So like he would have been one that would have been fine. That's, kinda, an that's another criteria yeah. too, where you asked the year before. Yeah, where you're really, really bad. Yeah. Um, Brees Hall. ACL tear like after six games last seven games last year. Um, Tua, as I mentioned, uh, John Mechie, even though he didn't play last year. So Be careful with that, though, because right. you, have to, dude, you, have to, you have to look at what the rules look, are. Yes, it's but, very important to look at the rules of the sports book because I made the mistake of betting Brian Robinson from uh, well, that was Washington. Just an NFL technicality got you there. Right. But a lot of sports books, they say you need to have played in the NFL the year before. So Mechie. Look at that. Just make sure on that Foster Moreau beating cancer as right, well. Right. I mean, there are a lot of options there, but if Hamlin plays. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a lot. Yes. Yeah. And I know, I know we want value. We like to use the word value. And I, I, I would argue this should be minus 2000 on minus 310 or minus 500. You know, like I think it's that, it's that sure of a thing. If he plays one, one legit snap in the league this year, it's going to be his award. Uh, I want to wrap up with the rookies of the year. Yes. Uh, we do need to do a little bit more rapid fire just because we're coming up on time here, Jeff. Uh, offense or defense? I'll, I'll I'll let you introduce it. Start with offense. Okay. Let's, what let's, do you got? Because these are, so it's a, I think it's going to be a quarterback market this year. Okay. Where Bryce, where right now, Bajan Robinson's the favorite. I don't think he's winning the award and he can't bet it at the numbers. Again, I'm a high on Carolina going into the year, so Bryce Young at five to one stands out. And you're getting a guy in CJ Stroud in Houston, who you know is going to start week one. 
and he's plus 850. You don't get that very often with a rookie quarterback. It's usually closer. Like it's closer to, to five the, to one. Like young. you get Richardson at six to one in Indy. Stroud's a third quarterback. Plus eight fifty on him is pretty good. Now he may not win, but that's a risk I'm willing to, to take there. Plus eight fifty on CJ Stroud's my favorite rookie, the offensive rookie here. I like that. I like that a lot. And you're right. I think that's a mispricing too. It's just because people are lower on Houston. Yeah. And Richardson, we don't know if Richardson's well, starting that, week one for Indy either. Well, that could also play into it too. If people are, the consensus is that Houston's going to probably have a top three pick once again. But may, let's say, let's say they get to seven wins or they get to six wins. It's like they, they surpass expectations. And then again, narrative. We've been throwing that word around a lot too. I think that will play into it. Well, then, then Stroud probably wins offensive rookie and Ryan's 100% wins Coach of the year. If, they, if that team somehow makes the playoffs. Oh, I mean, if they make, especially well, I mean, in the Ryan's AFC. Is, yeah, Ryan's yeah, is yeah, the yeah. biggest lock of all time. I don't care if they win a horrible division. Yeah. They go 8-9, win the AFC South because Jacksonville fell apart. Right. He's going to win the thing. Yeah, no, so for sure. That, that, that would, that's what I look at. I will give you one, one long, long one. Okay. Cedric Tillman in Cleveland, 50-1. Okay. I don't love the receivers after Amari Cooper there. I don't love Peoples-Jones. I just watched Elijah Moore in New York. Unreliable, to say the least. Maybe he takes off in Cleveland. But Tillman's intriguing at 50-1. to 1. He's going to get snaps, and he could very easily end the season as the number two receiver there in Cleveland. I went down the board a little bit, and because I fell for the trap of watching training camp videos, but... Uh, always a bad idea. Always a terrible idea. <laughs> but here's the thing, right? I, I'm, I'm presenting the case knowing that this is a bad idea, right? Like, I remember Taji Sharp... Lit it up yeah. in the preseason yep. and then was off the Titans like after we ate. Like, listen, <laughs> it happens. But I'm a sucker sometimes and I fell for the training camp videos. But also, on a serious note, Kadarius Tony is already hurt with the Giants. Uh, sorry, not with the Giants. With the Chiefs. With the Chiefs. Rasheed Rice, 80 to 1 on the Chiefs. Who else is catching passes from them? Well, here's the At thing. Remember, remember Sky Moore last year had no touchdowns until the Super Bowl. Yeah. And he was utilized. And I, and I think I made the case for Sky Moore also, and he had no touchdowns. Yeah, so I, I, again, it's it, crazier things that happen, but I would a wide that, there, that's eighty to one for yeah. a reason. Oh yeah, for sure. A wide receiver that I do like though, on a serious note, is Quentin Johnston on the Chargers. Chargers. Yeah, because I think there's a path for him to be on the field a ton. We have a lot of injury concerns with the wide receivers that are there, and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are in and out the lineup. I believe last year, Jeff, they only played five games together where they were both in the lineup. So he'll probably step in. They spent the first round pick on him for a reason, and he's been playing really well in camp so far. They're getting a lot of good feedback from him. 20 to one, that's probably as far down that I would go on this list. But my, my pick is also Bryce Young, though. I think Bryce Young at five to one, there is there's a legit path for them to win the division. Like that division, I'm higher on the Saints than a lot of other people in the market and that you know produce content. But if they win the division at five to one, I would rather bet him for offensive rookie of the year than to win the division at plus three seventy five. I think he, he probably because he's more likely to win offensive rookie of the year without them winning the division. Yeah, so like, yeah, there's a yeah. real shot he wins offensive rookie of the year and they go seven and ten. So yeah, no, a hundred percent. Again, I do have them winning the NFC South. I do not get the Atlanta hype. 
Tampa's going to be dreadful. Yeah. And it just comes down to what Derek Carr is in New Orleans. If Derek Carr is good, then New Orleans probably does win the division. But I have no idea what we're getting out of Derek Carr. Right. So I'd rather take the shot down the board on Carolina than take New Orleans as a favorite in that division. I agree with you. I agree with you. Let's wrap up with Defensive Rookie of the Year. Four of the last seven Defensive Rookie of the Year awards have gone to edge rushers. Micah Parsons, Chase Young, Nick Bosa, and Joey Bosa. Also, Von Miller are the only five edge rushers to win the award in the last 15 seasons, though. So basically, in the last 15 seasons, though four of the last seven have been Defensive Rookies of the Year, our edge rushers... The last 15 seasons, those are the only guys that have won it. And we're also talking about like the cream of the crop when it comes to edge rushing. So if you think one of these rookies can be a guy that could get 15 or more sacks at some point in their career, maybe gravitate to them. The only linebacker to win this award, inside linebacker, traditional, Darius Leonard in 2018, which, man, I had Derwin James do 30 to 1. He finished second in this, and I was so pissed. Because remember, the Chargers were dope that year. That was the year that them in Kansas City... Both had the same record, but Kansas City won on a tiebreaker. And then the Chargers ended up making the playoffs with uh, as a wildcard team at like 12 and 4. Chargers, last- Chargers got vaporized by New England in the playoffs. That yeah. Year. Oh, yeah. dude, that was, I was so devastated because that year they had played Baltimore the week before. Then they went back to the Chargers, then played in New England. At one o'clock on Sunday. Well, that, was the worst, that, that was the worst defensive game plan in the history of the NFL from Gus Bradley that week. That was rough. Uh, but, but defensive rookie of the year, so Sauce won it last year. Right. Um, I think it's staying in the cornerback position. Okay. I, I actually have a corner as well, so I'm fascinated to, to hear what you think. I have Devin Witherspoon okay. in Seattle. Okay. And Gonzalez out of Oregon and New England is also a reasonable one. I'm a little surprised that Witherspoon is longer than Gonzalez. In most in most markets, but I think Seattle's defense is going to be better, and the Seahawks to me are a playoff team again. And Witherspoon, the only concern is Witherspoon is one of the last three rookies who's unsigned, so he has to get that contract signed. Uh, but ten to one on a guy who I thought was arguably the best defensive player in the draft this year. I still think Will Anderson's better, but at least for this year, ten to one on. Really, let's face it, Wollin's on the other side. People are going to throw at Witherspoon. Right, because he's unproven, yeah. And if he's up to the task, he is going to have have a monster season. And he's going to put up interception numbers. He's going to put up pass deflection numbers. And 10 to 1 is really good on a guy who I think is the best secondary player rookie-wise easily this year. So 10 to 1 on Witherspoon, that's my favorite. The other one I have, Joey Porter Jr. in Pittsburgh at 25 to 1. That... If you want narrative, that is a narrative of all narratives. Father obviously was a stud for the Steelers. Gets drafted by the team his dad played for. Penn State get kid as well. Hometown kid. Got everything going for the narrative there. And if the Steelers are better than people think. They also need him there, too. Yeah, they don't he, have he's going to play yeah, from the get-go. Right 25 to 1 on Joey Porter Jr. I also like that as well. I like that one a lot, dude. You kind of convinced me. I didn't even think about him, but you're right. Narratives. That's been the buzzword Big for this narrative. whole episode. I like Christian Gonzalez for the same reasons that you make the case for uh, Joey Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. Because New England is going to need him. Their defense is the only thing that's going to carry them to whatever wins they're going to get because I think the offense is abysmal over there in Foxborough. But he might be a guy that could have that kind of impact like Sauce did where they're going to not throw his way. 
that's kind of the blueprint for a corner winning this award. Yeah. Now, again, Sauce Sauce was legitimately a top three corner in the NFL last year. That's just right. not realistic. Right. That, that, that one of it's hard to have that, that impact right away. But you can look, if you're a top 15 corner in the league, you can win this award pretty easily. Yeah. And both Gonzalez and Witherspoon are capable of doing that year one. I agree. I think so. It's going to be fun, man. I love these markets. Dude. I love Got them. plenty of time to bet them. And again, these are markets that they are not static. Yeah. They're the least static of any market, basically. So you will have opportunities to hop in through the season too. Heck, maybe Joey Porter Jr. is a bad start. Get 75 to one. Maybe you can get a better number on Gonzalez as you go through. There are plenty of opportunities here. Oh, dude, last year after week five, I think it was when the Jets played the Bengals and Sauce shut down Jamar Chase. I made the case for him. He was 20 to one. I remember mentioning yeah. it on the show. Week three, yep. Yeah. And it was after week four or five. I was like, this one looks weird. This He should be the favorite. Like of all the rookies that I saw, I always do like the quarter season breakdown after week four, week five. I was like, I think he's been the best rookie this year. And then, of course, he goes on to win it. Garrett Wilson came out of nowhere, though. Yeah, I did not have him on my radar at all. Well, when the Jets get, when, when the Falcons took Drake London, I was thrilled because I figured Garrett Wilson was going to get to the Jets. Yeah. And he did. And Garrett Wilson was absolutely awesome. And again, like I said, he's got Aaron Rodgers thrown to him now. It'll be yeah. a different ball game for him. Way different. Way different. Jeff Parles, everybody. Jeff, tell the people where they can find you on social media. Yeah, on on uh, whatever whatever it's called now, X, Twitter. I don't know what it's called now. It's Twitter just got a new, uh, a yeah. little bit of a rebrand. Yeah, at Jeff Parles. That's my nod. I my name, at Jeff Parles, P-A-R-L-E-S, if you have questions on the last name. Um, that's really the easiest place to find me on, on social. That's where I'm doing most of my work there, Nick. You'll also see him on VEASAN, where he hosts. And uh, you see the boy on the show often as yeah, well. Yeah, hops on every uh, Friday. Let's do it. I love it, man. Big ups to the members of the Patreon before we sign off. Want to mention, once again, the NFL contest, the Eliminator Pool, is up right now. Get in for either the month of July, August, or September. The Patreon.com slash Veterans Minimum 20 or $40 tier, as you can see right now if you're watching this on YouTube. We will announce what the prizes are going to be as we get closer to the NFL season. I know it's going to be epic because they were epic last year. We gave out some money, Jeff. This year, we're going to maybe give out a trip to Vegas, depending on how many people we get to sign up. But big ups to the members of the Patreon. We got Tristan, Abel, Ben, Jerry. Ben and Jerry, right? Who would have thought? Back to back. <laughs> Christopher, Derek, Jordan, Mike, Nick, and Thomas. Thank you all for your contributions to the Patreon. As far as I go, it's at... Nick Day is 10 is where you can find me. All things Veterans Minimum are at Veterans Minimum. And we'll catch you guys next time on the show. I'm a gold medalist. Bronze like your medalist. So many deer in headlights, but it's bedtime. Hear that supper bell. Main course, beat of venison. Dab. Most dangerous game. Either kill or be killed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. 
But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.